This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, Episode 49, Refrigerator, Part the First. This is Strange Assembly, a podcast about card games, board games, and role-playing games with a focus on the Legend of the Five Rings universe. You can download additional episodes of this podcast via iTunes or on our website, www.strangeassembly.com. While you're there, you can check out our main page or stop in and say hi on the forums. You can also follow those main page updates on Facebook or Twitter. Any comments or criticisms can be directed to Chris at strangeassembly.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Strange Assembly. I'm, as always, Chris Stevenson. Here with me today are Jay Earl. Hello. Kevin Kennedy. I'm back. Wait a minute. <laughs> Who? Oh, geez. Okay. And my cook. <laughs> <laughs> Squeak. <laughs> we'll play, Kirks. We'll play. We we'll played. Uh, today is May 5th. So we do have Embers of War, and we'll be spending a lot of time in this episode talking about that and by this episode i think i mean this episode and probably the next episode and depending and on how long we am or the that, one after that but uh, in honor of Cinco de Mayo we may have five episodes <laughs> about it no but and depends on how much tequila Chris has Chris has had at this point no the tequila is at Justin's and, <laughs> oh. and we're at Jay's but it's you been don't a while have any tequila Jay nope sorry it's been a while since we BYOT had <laughs> <laughs> an episode and it's going to be a while of it till we could record another one because next weekend is mother's day and my uh my wife is getting a little annoyed enough at me running off <laughs> yeah but that's on, on sunday you could come play on saturday right that works and, well and then the saturday after that will all of us will be at the south carolina cote so it would be uh, another three weeks so we definitely have to get the the embers of war in today plus we will talk about Everybody going to the Knoxville Cote, and it's nice. It's a Cote we didn't. We actually all played it instead of half of the half of us just the sitting there watching, <laughs> <laughs> running it, and then whatever other random junk we uh, talk about. For example, speaking of random junk, we took Squeak. the. <laughs> You're the one talking about random junk. Yeah. Interrupting cow. Interrupting lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I object. <laughs> So the other weekend, <laughs> uh, we, we actually had the chance to sit down and play a lot of things in a row that were not L5R, and I thought we'd randomly talk about those. I think my favorite one of them was Lords of Waterdeep. Second. 
is a Euro style game set in the in you know D and D. It's a worker placement game. It's fun. And I it. yeah, I I really liked it. I guess it yep. counts as a light Euro because it it's, doesn't it's, take it's, you it's four hours to play. It's, yeah, it's uh, very light Euro. It's not completely balanced. What do you think is not balanced in particular? There, about it? there are just some things that are like randomly really really good. There were there are a few of the quests that are. Nasty. Yeah. Good, if yeah. you get them right at the start and you have the permanent extra effect like the one that lets you place your worker where the other player has his worker right. already, that's and, pretty good. Yeah, and there's another one that gives you like an extra guy for the rest of the game. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the lieutenant or something. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was quite nice. And it's maybe because it's Watsy, it's you know, only fifty instead of seventy. I think if that was a no, other it, I think it's sixty. Fifty. It's fifty? That's a nice price point for yeah, you. Yeah, it is. Not. Yeah, and I, I, I'm guessing if it was a less gigantor company than Wizards of the Coast, it would have a $70 price point. Yeah. Also, it has one of the best box interiors I have oh, yeah, ever that, seen. The box, the, yes, the everything is perfect. It's even got the little thing for the little stacks of cards. The slot is actually raised in the middle. Yeah, so, so you, you can, can press down. Push yeah, down on one end, the other end pops up. Right. And then you put something underneath it so it's not wasted space. You still have to, of course, unwrap everything, but it actually comes with a guide at the back of the book to tell you how to pack everything. Because I looked at it first, and I'm like, how the hell am I going to get this together? And then I looked through the instruction manual, and there it was. And everything fits in exactly right. And then we were able to buy a copy of Eclipse at retail and play it. Oh, no, wait, that's not physically possible. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I would snatch it up in a second. Well, I think that's supposed to be having another printing come out in June. Is that not available anywhere? Well, it's available, but it, it's like a, I think it's a hundred dollar retail to start with. It's like yeah, yeah. if you go right, buy it, right. no, no, don't don't make your face yet. But if you go and just try to buy it now, you'll probably pay twice that because they just sold through. The thing is already in the top ten on Board Game Geek. It's supposed uh, to be really, really good. So I played it. I didn't think it was that good. Uh, I haven't had the chance yet. Then we also, on the flip side, we played the uh, the dumb game with a really long name. <laughs> Epic Spell Battles of Skull yeah. Wizard Mountain or something like that. Yeah. Call it Fred. <laughs> something like that. So, and I, I did Seems notice... Seems right for the spirit Epic of the game. Epic Duels of the Battle Wizards. At Skullfire uh, Mountain. Yes, at yeah. Skullfire Mountain, yes. Yeah. So, I don't know, was it even Skullfire or was it Skullfires? It's Fire, F-Y-R-E. Oh, okay, there we go. So... Um, in this game, you kind of just randomly play whatever cards you randomly draw, and then random stuff happens, and it's not funny or fun or requiring of thought. I think it's funny and fun. Yes, I, and so does Mike. Yes, <laughs> but me so too. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're the wrong one here, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I, you you mistake me being in the minority for me being wrong. No, I, I mean it, it's uh, to some well, extent. We're a democracy. You, you're outvoted. Sorry. Yes, no. Well, and to some extent. There's not necessarily right or wrong in the question of do you enjoy playing this game? I mean, I mean <laughs> it's got like you know goofy eighth grade humor, and I know Chris really isn't into eighth grade humor. The rest of us are. <laughs> well, the best way I can summarize it is Squeak. if if you um, if you like the humor of like a metalocalypse, you'll probably like the humor in that game. Uh, it's something if you know what it is getting into it and you know it's just a random game and you're just there to have fun I think it does what it does very well 
If you accept that there's no strategy whatsoever. Until the very last couple of cards. Like the last hand, you've got a little bit of strategy, yeah, but it's I, still so much luck. I, I cannot say that there is no strategy to it. You do actually have to decide, are you going for the random split-up combo, or do you try to hold on and get three in a row and do... But it's still is not... I mean, part of, yeah, as you know, yeah, part, part of the problem is that it's really going for funny, and it's not, not in not, any way, not, shape, or form not funny Chris's to me. Not taste. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I find it hilarious. Yes. Yeah. We played Shadows over Camelot, which is not exactly new. I had not played this before, and I had been wanting to play it for a while, and I was disappointed... Now that may also partially begin because there were three of us and you still do not play with even the possibility of a trader in a three-player game, which means, man, you need a lot of people to be able to yeah, play it's this. just if you get a trader in three people, there's no way the loyal players win. Well, okay, so that's basically you yeah. can't play with the, right. the, the trader. And that in that game, you are representing the... If, if you're all loyal, you're all trying to complete quests for Camelot, and this is primarily completed by putting down pairs or three-of-a-kinds of different fight cards. Then there's a deck of bad stuff that flips something up every turn, which is mostly putting down enemy fighting cards, trying to get pairs and three-ofs. I mean, there are a few special things in there, but I... I just felt very constrained. I, I felt like I wasn't really doing anything every turn. Your your options were so limited. And I also... The, the end felt very anticlimactic because the game doesn't end for you to win until you've filled up all 12 spots in the round table, even though the win condition is just to have seven of the, the majority of them be true knights instead of bad knights, which meant that we finally won the game by heroically, deliberately losing a quest so that we could put more Trader Knights on the round table just to get Finish it, it off, over with. Yes. So, I don't know how much of a relevance our play experience has to the play experience when there's possibly a Trader in there. I've played Shadows Over Camelot once or twice, and it's always only fun to be the Trader. Um. <laughs> well, the problem I always have with it is it's re it's a really cooperative game. So even without even without the trader, if you have people not playing with the group very well, you're gonna lose. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, it, and when you're talking about playing with the group very well, especially because it was so straightforward, it was very much a. It lends itself to a one player just deciding what yeah, you should do like and telling very, the other it players. Has the, it has the pandem pandemic problem. Yeah, I mean that's that. That's always an issue in any purely cooperative thing, but it was just so deterministic and so straightforward in what you were doing. I, I just was honestly bored most of the time I played it. We got about a third of the way through, and I was just like, the, I just don't feel like I'd yeah, do yeah, that much. Yeah, most of your turn were play fight card on I, this. I, I, I like Battlestar Galactica so much better. I do, and I adore Battlestar Galactica. That was one of the reasons I, I thought, oh, look, and there's this predecessor trader sort of game. I am Battlestar galactica out. <laughs> I played so much Battlestar, There's and people just people always get like really tensed up about that game every time we play it. There, there's another cooperative game out there called Hanabi, which doesn't have the pandemic problem. Uh, it's like a really simple card game, but the the thing is that the other players can see your cards and you can't. <laughs> um, yeah, so you play with your hand facing away from you, 
and you're not allowed to talk to the other players about what they have in their cards. You have like these chips that you use as currency to tell pl- players what they have in their hand. And you and if somebody discards the wrong card at the wrong time, then everybody loses. Oh, it's, 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 it's 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 a lot of fun, but you can't get it anywhere right now. There's a uh, there's a new game that Fantasy Flight just announced that's a kind of a co-op game called Ugatect. Um, and you have a giant inflatable like mace, and it's something where you have blocks, and the one person is trying to build something, the other person is the Ugatect, and actually has the has the instructions of what you're supposed to build. The other person doesn't know, and you can only do like certain uh and like pounding the table to get them to try and build it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard when I read the description. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I won't like that one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Chris won't like it either. <laughs> I, I don't know what play so much as I want to go see like a whole bunch of people playing that at Dragon Con or Gen Con. <laughs> I, if they have that at Gen Con, I'm definitely playing it. Oh yeah, yeah. well that's I've come from country. AG's got the the Smash Up game coming out, which is you've got pirates and ninjas and wizards, and you when you play, you have two of those smushed together. I don't know how much of the the fun of that game is the whole conceptual aha, it's pirates and ninjas and what, and I'm going to be there being like, okay so the flavor of this game does nothing for me, what is <laughs> boring old Chris <laughs> yep so, I- when's your 80th birthday again? <laughs> I think it's tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> good, I haven't missed it, I was worried yeah, but, funny interesting you talked about people being really tense in Battlestar Galactica I, I think one of the things I like about something like Battlestar Galactica is that it's that is a game where to me you can stick other players in the back without bad feelings because that's what you're supposed to do that's what you know that's this rules defined way it's really I mean you're in some ways stabbing them in the back but you're also just actually on opposite sides and are are deliberately designed to do that and then you may flip in the middle whereas I hate like the game that I, I I hate diplomacy because it purely boils down to if you're going to win that you have to lie to people you have to break it up but it's not like it's in an organized sort you of know, way you could keep your word it's, you're not you know defined it it's funny I have a friend of mine who's a lawyer who absolutely adores that game is it you Kevin no I'm a math teacher dude yeah Fair this, point. I've, I've, never, <laughs> I've never actually played diplomacy actually I've got I've never gotten a chance to here it takes like eight hours it to. Can take it can take a long time, yeah. Depending on how, basically, how long you it takes to play depends on you have to you have to set a timer for the rounds for yeah. people doing their negotiation and, and their thinking and all that because that's really what all the time is is negotiating because the actual game is just I have it on every turn I move one thing one place right if I recall correctly. No, no, no. Everything everybody moves every turn. Okay, well at least that's a little bit more, but it's regardless. You know, that sounds like a fine play-by-mail game. It, it actually, that's how it got play, it, played a lot. It, is it people does do get played like, like that. Weak turns, so you can sit there and talk to each other. Right. Let's see. We also played Mission Red Planet, uh, which we, which is a, a game where thematically it's it's set. It's sort of like what if we were sending Steam people Tom. to Mars and like yeah, yeah, like the 1890s or something like that. Yeah. I mean, what else are you gonna do it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so it's a an area control game once you're on Mars, and then you are basically a role select. You have a set of nine different options you can do over the course of the game, and then one of them refreshes all the cards. And the card is gone once you use it, and then one of them refreshes it back to your hand. 
to do to do all of them because I think the game lasts ten turns. Yeah, yeah they, you yeah. have nine options, and the game lasts ten turns. So it, I mean, at some point you refresh your hand, but probably not on turn nine. There are three scoring rounds in there, and I'm always not always, but I'm often hesitant about scoring rounds because they produce these weird warps in play. Yeah, and then we got to the end and completely tallied the score wrong at the end because the rule book does not tell you correctly how to score yeah. at the end of the game. It's our own fault for believing the rule book. <laughs> it, yeah, well, it's something very, like, every every scoring round, you're collecting the resources, and then in the last scoring round, you get three of whatever it is, and then it says, the resource token is worth three. The one, like, because there's a, there's a token that's on each section telling you what kind of resource it is, and then it tells you it, so it tells you the person who won the territory scores all the tokens, and then it says the re- the, the or scores all the yeah you know, the little the little round chips, and then and the, the tile. Sorry, it's a tile that's on there. And then it says the tile is worth three, and then it says the winner of the territory in the last round takes the tile. So what it really means to say is that you take the tile instead of taking the little tokens, instead of taking three tokens, because there aren't really enough tokens in the game. But the way the rule book is actually written, you basically get double scoring in the final round, which is already triple Huge. scoring from what some of the other... So it just ended up... I don't know if we would have loved it even without that, but uh, I, I think we got to the end and went like, what on earth just happened? Yeah, I remember having that game, and I think I traded it away. I I thought the 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 role shoot selection mechanic was was interesting and had promise, but I I felt like the game just didn't. I felt like a lot of it d- didn't work. Obfuscated. In, it didn't work in a fundamental yeah. way. There was something deeply flawed. Well, I don't know if that's over. I I don't know what it. Certainly, it wasn't bad. Yeah. But I don't know. That wasn't. I and I picked it up off the. They've had a tower has a fifty percent off table at the the front now. That's our local store and so I sometimes randomly get things from there. They've actually got what what's there right now one could get or they just there's a copy of Urban Sprawls. They put the uh wow uh raid decks up there. The, no, the small one. Buy that. Yeah. But I I mean just for but there's that and then Rails of New England except that doesn't if seem it, to be people that does not getting, you know, a bunch of enthusiastic train game if, ratings. If the or game something. has uh railroads in it, I'm probably not interested. Well, yeah, but there's there's a lot you of you never know, different but things. probably. Uh, I was but actually, I was actually thinking about making a post-apocalyptic railroad game. Maybe <laughs> 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 it depends on yeah, how you do that. Twenty-three XX. <laughs> yeah, you have to like ship your goods cross country and defend them from zombie hordes. <laughs> I I think once you once you start involving combat, you've you've now left the railway game genre. <laughs> To some extent, I that's mean, not a bad thing. It's, it's got trains in it, but uh, trains with spikes. I don't know if it's still no, a train <laughs> game anymore. No, but it's still a train game because you have to buy stocks in your tr- zombie trains. <laughs> Nuclear weapons. You also have to have as many Evil, evil Dead references as possible. Yes, yes, you can. Yes, you. That's what it is. Yeah, you can choose which kind of zombie, like a slow zombie co, fast zombie co. Yes, uh, but another one that I got, I also got off the fifty percent off table, which I think has worked out very well, is Colossal Arena. Which is a, I think it actually probably fits better with its original theme, which was because this is a, a Knizia game and it sort of follows his reputation of making things, and then you can just put whatever theme on them 
you want, but it was originally a horse racing game. It was called Grand National Derby, and I guess people just aren't interested in the theme of horse racing. No. So, the the overlap of horse racing and card gamers isn't huge? <laughs> well, I, no. well, I, think, I think it actually would have... I, I think it's more intuitive what's going on if it's if it was horse racing because it is it's actually a betting game and the way it works is that you start with eight monsters and then you have to play combat cards with different numbers. There's one stack for each monster and whatever's on top is what counts. Anything that's underneath it is just gone. And a round ends after some indeterminate number of turns when every monster has a combat value and there's a definitive loser. And then that guy's eliminated reality show style. And then the next round starts from a clean slate. And when you get down to three of the five of the eight left, so five rounds in, then you find out who bet the most over the course of the game on the three guys who are still left. And that person wins. So if you're in a horse racing game, it's kind of like the win place or show and you have and i guess they represent speed values instead of combat values which is whatever but then you have these spectator cards and i think that intuitively there would be a much bigger distinction when you try to explain people between the spectator cards if it's horses and then actual spectators because there's not really a lot of different conceptually between the contestants and the spectators in this game. Like, why is this skeleton... I mean, you know, skeleton is a contestant. Uh, and dragon is... And, no, I'm sorry, skeleton is a spectator. The wizard is a contestant. I mean, that, that could easily be the other way around. But the... I think it's okay. But the great thing about it has been that it's actually a gamer... It's another gamery game that I have been able to get family members to play. Like, my wife actually liked playing it. My dad liked playing it. My brother liked playing it. So... And, and, and I, had to, I had to pay 50% off. And it's like a little teeny Fantasy Flight Silverline yeah, thing and anyway. It's also like a very ex- inexpensive game to begin with. It's yeah. And, and it yeah. doesn't take terribly long. It's about a half hour no, or so. It's one of the few games, I think on the box, it says 40 to 60 minutes. It's one of the few games which is like, not that. 40, 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it's what Nizia does best, which is he makes things that are fairly easily understandable because he... Uh, you know, they just have numbers attached. So anybody can really get it. On a random petty note, I was happy to see that Raw, which I do not like at all, has now dropped out of the Board Game Geek Top 50. I don't know that that's a <laughs> distinction that matters in... No, I don't, I don't know if it is. That's It's not really a distinction that matters in the grand scheme of things, but I'm nice to... It's like, <laughs> uh, yes, aha, you're gone. Bye-bye. I don't, know, I, don't okay. know, I, don't, I don't know how you can tell which one of his games I'm going to like or not in advance. Was I, that, that wasn't Nidia, was it? Oh, okay. He's made a lot I, of games. I, yeah, I tend to like his games. Yes, but that one... His Lego I, one's supposed to be pretty bad. <laughs> well, he's made a number of Lego ones. I thought, no, he? he just had the one. He had oh. the pyramids. I thought. Oh, I thought he was involved in, in a lot of those Lego games. But those are also... Well, it's good for what it is. It's they're just a they're different. I, I mean, if you, when I am thinking about like, oh, if I'm going to, because, you know, again, it matters. If I'm going to rate a game on on the geek, it, it matters what the point of the game is. I don't rate, you know, sorry on the same kind of scale that I rate Agricola. I, I mean, they're they're not aimed at the same sort of thing. I know, thing. sorry so much better. <laughs> uh I don't know, but the uh, the last game that we played was Dungeon Run, which involves everyone 
go. Well, it's, it's a well, it's a semi cooperative to start. Yeah. Or it can be. And then you turn on each other. And then you turn yeah. on each other because yeah, only distinctly not liking that game. Oh yeah, I thought it was okay. We only played it once, and I did not feel I, I didn't get enough of a feel to come to a more definitive opinion about it. Uh, I could play it again, and then it might my opinion might go up or my opinion might go down, and very, very fluid. But it, yeah, it's sort of interesting. I think uh, I, I don't know how much it mattered in the end, but yeah, Mike, I think you ended up a good chunk of that game on your Running back around. with a, a <laughs> yeah. troll wailing on you. But and a little bit that wasn't your fault because you ended up, you know, just lucking. You had the you were all you were a wizard or something, and you ran into the guy that your magic attack didn't work on. But it also, you would also eliminated any possibility that anybody was going to help you. Yeah. Because when everybody went into the dungeon and right away there was fighting, you're like, you know, it does not benefit me at all to help you, assist you fighting that guy. <laughs> so I'm not even, I'm just right away, I'm going to be completely non-cooperative. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that was totally, that just, you know, that's the spirit of the game. How do you, you know, want to play it or whatever. Yeah. And I actually was doing really well. I had a really good, like, yeah, that was item and, <laughs> like, I could have pretty much well, trounced good. anything, except for then I flip up the one thing in the deck that I can't do yeah. anything against. It kills me every turn, and then I stand back up and it just kills me again. Yeah. Well, it, it's well, one of the, the funny thing was you just kept getting pounded over and over again, but then you wound up with all these magical items that we couldn't get. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's because he kept, when he was running around, you kept, you randomly determined whether or not you get an encounter and or a treasure, and you kept going into places that had treasures. Yeah. Right. And I think you finally ended up okay because one of the three treasures that you got helped you run away yeah. better so you could actually... Well, you got one that lets you run away better and then you got one that lets you, your, your poor wizard jump over the creek yes. instead of getting instead of yeah. falling in yeah. and that wounding was, himself that was hilarious. every time. Yes. Because I like fell over the creek then ran into the golem. I'm like, <laughs> who did I make bad? Yeah. But uh, yeah, guys. at the end... Uh, uh, I guess not at the end of the game, but Towards the end of the game, you run into, you know, you're doing this tiling, you run into the boss room, somebody kills the boss finally, they pick up the summoner stone, which the object of the game is to be the the player who carries that out of the dungeon. And so at that point, it's just a free-for-all to to start killing each other uh, and be able to run out with that. So, I, I mean, I think ours was a... Ours, because Jay had kind of circled back around, there ended up being a very short path from the boss room to the entrance. So it was like, Jay took it, he ran out, I stabbed him, took the stone, you got, yeah, like, you got one shot at me, didn't kill me, and then I ran out the door. So. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like about three-fourths to five-sixths of the way through the game is typically when you get the summoner stone. Because it's, it's over pretty shortly after that. Yeah, But that's yeah. okay, because you don't really want that part of the game to go super long. But oh, and I, and then we also played Summoner Wars, which I know Mike, you had been wanting to get us to play for ages. I, although I, like Wars. I think yeah, Jay and I just got we played one game of it. So again, like not at all something you have a clue of whether or no. not it's. I, I didn't right, feel like I knew how good like whether or not this was a good game right. after just playing it once. Right, especially because my my game. Uh, all of the good stuff was at the bottom, mm. yeah. so it didn't show up till the end. So I only got one of the good guys. Yeah, well, it, some some of the factions are just in that game are just much more difficult to play. Also, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, he you had uh, you got a lot of cheap guys. It was like, man, that's good, man, that's good. But and then I and I feel like I felt like I was about to get overwhelmed, and then you and ran then, out of your deck. Right, I ran out of <laughs> I ran out of my deck, and you had like two bruisers who were just 
wiping the floor with my big with my cheap guys. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them got yeah. You had your two lieutenants out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They well, I think I mean a big part of that too was that I had enough guys to just. I kept getting the the precision card was yeah. very handy. That was where a lot of the because you have to kill the enemy, you know, the enemy's summoner king guy, to win the game. And I, I, I ended up with a couple of what the precision cards. Normally, you have to roll the dice. You roll a die and you get to roll one, two, three, depending on what your unit is, and three plus is a hit. And it's it's very nice. I had some cards that were just like you, Kill them. Well, you yeah. auto hit basically. Yeah. Uh, it, instead of rolling dice, you just get a wound for every die. Yep. That's one of their sticks. So, but yeah, again, that's humans, isn't it? Huh? No, that's fire. That was the, Phoenix L. I was the Phoenix oh. L. Yeah, I like the Phoenix. Yeah, they're really good. So well, they're pretty easy to play. I, I was I was looking. Th- I, I we just had the master set there, right? Or maybe you had no, master, it was master set and a couple set more and in there. Both, uh, both of the starters and a couple more. Yeah. Faction so, packs. and yeah, it's a. I guess there's some sort of customization to do at some point. But each mm-hmm. there's a lot of different factions, and each comes with a very you know a specific deck that you use for it, and I really was just looking for, like, which ones of these thematically are interesting, and a lot, an awful lot of them seem to be of the goblin, ogre, troll, orc sort of variety, and I, I mean, if I'm picking, like, what faction seems cool to me, it's never going to be one of the, you know, know humanoid races. Well, I mean, when I'm not talking about mechanics, I have, I mean, because I'm not looking at them and trying to analyze each, I mean, like, okay, which ones are the... And it was like Phoenix Elves and something else that seemed just like, okay, I'll be this kind of elf. Yeah. Sure, I thought... Well, I mean, I think there's 12 factions and four of them are goblin orcs, if I remember right. Because I think there's two different types of goblins, two different types of orcs. But there's, there's, there's plenty of options. And the cool thing is they all play really different. Do we have any other non-Elfivari things happen? Before we take a break and then go on to the Knoxville Cote? I, I played this game recently called Last Will where basically the objective of the game is to spend all of your money. It's like Brewster's Millions. Yes! <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. You, you buy houses and you let them get run down and sell them off for cheap. You have to let them get... Yeah, you have to get them run down because you can't win as long as you own the property, right? Property, so you've played right? this game. I, no, I've just read about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, and there's like one card in the game where you have a wild party and depreciate your house three times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I played a, a game called We Did Not Playtest This Game. Like it's <laughs> I, I love that game. It, it's it's exact. I feel like it's a lot like Battle Wizards. You have to know what you're getting into going into it. Like it's just stupid fun. But thankfully, it's over pretty fast. So it's you get some laughs out of it and it's done. Have you gotten Have you gotten to start your Risk Legacy? I have not yet. Um, one of our people is moving out of town, and then another person is moving into town. So we're waiting for him to get into town next week. I recently played um, the AG game Abandoned Ship. I got like a cheap copy of it at the Knoxville Cote, actually. Yes. And it was really, really easy and really, really fun. Huh. Well, when we get to the Cote, yes, I... I oh, that's an easy one, too, isn't it? Yeah. We go, yes, when we, when we get to the Knoxville Cote, we can talk about the, uh, the AEG uh, stuff that was laying around <laughs> at uh, the Cote. But okay, that... That will be it for the random stuff section, and on the other side of the break, we'll talk about our experience at the Knoxville Cote, at, at which all of us did terribly. Terribly. Yes, horribly.
We're back to talk about the Knoxville Cote, which was it was only last weekend, right? Yes, yes. last yes. weekend. No, you lose track. It feels like it was ages ago. I went to it in a weird and unique way for me, and that I went up the day before with my wife and son to hang out in Knoxville. And for some reason, you didn't take my suggestion of using him as the imperial favor. I don't understand. <laughs> no, I I did not try to put him on the table during <laughs> gameplay. Uh, he wasn't even hardly much in the store. Uh, I, I think he, he showed up in the morning because my mother bought him a jacket that was like a dragon, was supposed to make him look like a dragon, and it was green and yellow, and he happened to have a little pool behind him toy dragon that happened to be green and yellow, and I figured since he was uh-huh, going, he should... to be. Yeah, well, I think Katie bought that. I, I wasn't even the one who realized that she actually said, oh, look, it's the... She has me yammer at her about L5R enough that she she knows something. That's so. what you call it. Uh-huh, completely coincidental. You didn't just wait for her to notice so you could claim to be unaware. No, I didn't. Actually, I, was, I think I was talking about it to Nancy, and I said something about, oh, and then we thought of whatever, and she corrected me. She's like, no, I thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, Nancy was appropriately appreciative. Apparently, Sean has too much have had, had too much cute toddler of his own. It didn't seem to be terribly uh, interested. It's and a baby. He, he was not, and and he was not tolerating. He being Benjamin was not tolerating hanging around there. And I didn't think the to- store was going to tolerate him running around ripping things off the shelves. So they didn't uh, stay there that long. They they came back later when I was in my top eight match, and. And then Katie started trying to talk to me, and I um, rather abruptly said, "You can't. Please don't talk to me. Please don't talk right now." Uh, <laughs> and then, so she left again. <clears throat> uh, I think that was during our match, wasn't it? Chris got to walk home. Oh, I thought home. it was during my match with Ownby. <laughs> oh, was it? I thought it was. I, I mean, might, it might have been. I mean, yeah. Sometime around that. Did not last very long. Yeah. All those games were those games were fast one way or the other. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I think. Every, Everyone who's been on Strange Assembly more than once, other than John, was up at Knoxville. Trevor, right? Oh, oh, that's right. Trevor did not. Kempy wasn't there either. David Kempy, he was on the show once. Yeah, well, that's why I said who's been on the show more than once. Yeah, Evan ah. Paul has been on it once, and he wasn't up there either. That's true. Uh, and and Randy was on once, and he wasn't up there either. But that, yeah, that's right. Trevor did not had some. No, no, no. He had to do the uh, Avacyn restored pre-release. Was that it, really? I I saw pictures of him from the pre-release on that weekend. I already gave him crap about it. Okay, good. I I heard claim something about some college thing. His way of taking the crap was, you must get paid, so... (laughs) That sounds like him, yeah. Yeah. You must get paid at an Avacyn pre-release? He goes there for the cards and sells... Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll say, because, I, I mean, my recollection of Magic pre-releases is they were basically a way to go and pay and overpay for sealed product for the privilege of playing with it on the but, first um, weekend. You, well, you, they also had something for this Avacyn Restored. They had the Hell Vault. Well, the Hell Vault, well, yeah, but that doesn't seem as for them Trevor would care about. Like, oh, the cool Hell Vault that you're opening. Yeah, that, and when that was really cool, yeah, because it was, they had some, what, they had some sort of checklist. Right. And when just random... Well, not random, but when specified occurrences happen during the course of the pre-release, then you would open up part of the Hell Vault, and I don't know what was in there. 
Uh, well, they, it actually was not the same for everybody. There was like there was a, a few tokens and some angels and demons that were like a lot of people got grizzle uh, grizzle brand or whatever, but other people got other random like foil things, like fairly rare and expensive. So, well, this it would, ma- it would right make sense Trevor's if Grizzle alley. Brand and Avison were in the Hell Vault since they were you right. know, in the Hell Vault. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was mostly what Avison and a bunch of demons in there. Yes. In the the story. And a bunch of angels. So, yes, let's not get sidetracked yeah, no. into the magic story. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, you don't have a story to apologize. Now? Oh, I was, I was, oh, I was oh, just no, yeah, ratting on Trevor. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's allowed. Yeah, always but, and at all times. So, let's see. We'll start with uh, Justin, who's not here. He, what, he ended up picking up 3 4 with Scorpion Paragons or 4 3 with Scorpion Paragons? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, 4 3. Not top Scorpion. Apparently, he lost horribly to some honor deck and Dishonor. And Dishonor. He was uh, very ashamed, yes. I think that was the Sarah Korn Dishonor. And then, uh, so we'll go around. Uh, why don't you talk about your experience, Mike? Um, I stayed up for about 30 hours, then tried to make a deck, then drive up there. That Tra- only attempt- for Trevor. Sorry, uh, uh, yes, I, I was about to say, I was attempting the Trevor, but apparently, after uh, uh, talking to him, I forgot the Red Bulls. <laughs> so... I did not do so great. Um, right. Also, you must have sold your soul to the wrong demon for it. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I went three and four. I didn't feel like I did terribly. Uh, I had a, I, my second match, I, I won my first match. The second match I lost because he had the again in his hand. It was the only card in his hand and it was the only thing that could have won him the game. So I just kind of lost a lot. Yeah. That card. yeah. <laughs> he didn't have to good. do anything off of it. All he had to do was straighten any one. Oh, oh. Uh, well, wow! If 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 all the Kensei deck needs to do is stand Straighten, up one yeah. of its guys, he's got like nine things in his deck that do yeah. that. You know? I, I don't think he was running ready steel, so it was already bowed. Yeah, he just needed yeah. something to stand up his unit. Um, then I actually lost to a b- whole bunch of honor because my idea was that I would do uh, military against honor, and I just didn't so what, build did you- it. Did you say what you were playing at? Oh, I was... Uh, Other than a random thing I assembled over in the middle of the night no, before Crane the- Magistrates. Okay. Uh, it was Crane Magistrates with Quartier support. My idea being that I would just rhetoric other uh, honor decks and just steal enough of their honor away and uh, shut off their holdings and just go at them. But I faced a WED deck, a Watchful Eye Dojo deck, and the opens should have creamed me faster, but I got him into battle and made him lose like 10 honor in a battle. Uh, and that's the only reason that it lasted as long as it did. Um, I faced another Crane Crane Magistrate deck, lost the die roll, and then he was just more meted than I was. And then I faced another, uh, maybe it was T.O.P., and he finally started dishonoring me, and I had, like, a board full of stuff, including my clan champ and two Ragashi Bazaars out. So there's a chance I could have taken all four provinces, but time got called, and I was just like, it's already. I'm already in the losing ranks, anyways, because that was a very, very tough cut. And then the last match was just friendly match against somebody. So three, four didn't do. It didn't do great, but I felt like the deck did okay for when I built it, and I had a lot of fun. So okay. Now Jay, you started out four zero, so you must have finished well. <laughs> you would think so, wouldn't you? Especially because I beat the guy who ended up second place. But no, I went 4-0, and beat, then... You beat, didn't you play half the top eight by the time you were than, done? I, I was 2-3 <laughs> and three against people who made the cut. 
If I had won any of those three last games, I would have been in the cut. If it makes you feel any better, you did lose to the eventual winner. I did lose. Yeah. You yeah. lost to the winner. You beat the guy. I <laughs> beat, yes, I was one and one against the finals. Yeah, there was there was only a top eight. That was hilarious eight. to me. So you, yeah, there was only there was a top eight, and you played five of us. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just got rolled by cavalry twice, one of them being Kevin, the other being O&B's uh, unicorn, and then another Kensei deck just it squeaked out the victory over me. Uh, and you were playing T.O.P. Honor. T.O.P. Honor, yes. I was not playing the Blitz version, which, if I had it to do again, I would do, because both of those cavalry face fall-ins were, uh, I got minorly gold screwed and it might have made the difference i don't think it would have made a difference against me honestly. Said might. yeah well because that uh, yeah because kevin who ended up winning against fox was and fox was playing the asahina honor rocket which is largely the same thing as the temple of persistence honor rocket and and the the phoenix blitz if it well, especially if it goes first i guess it could i mean if you go second that's i get extra not less of a raffle stomp do you mean the temple of purity that. yeah that's what he means yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't think that would make it uh, better. So yeah, you, yeah, you went, oh, you opened four zero, and because there were only four Phoenix, your four three was bottom Phoenix. I was bottom Phoenix. Yes, it was some sort of I, bottom of clan prize. Yeah, that was about, It was nice. It was the full blades. So now I don't have to collect all of the uh, glory turn-ins. Uh, but yeah, it was. I got bottom Phoenix higher than what was it? Top Scorpion and top Lion, right? Yeah, it could have been. There were. Weirdly small number yeah, of there lion, was a right? Very yeah. bizarre small like maybe number. Maybe five. Lion. Yeah, there was like five. Because well, this was much bigger. We was seventy-four players, I think, which made the, the top eight cut rough. Yes, there were a lot and of crane. Yes. Nine. Well, there were nine. It's not a ton, but it's more than I've seen any other tournament so what far. No? Well, somebody was saying one of the the California Cote had fifteen today. I guess it would be the one in Ontario that Briscoe's running has fifteen cranes show up. Huh. But yeah, I mean, your your expectation value for a number of crane based on prior attendance before Knoxville would have been yeah. But it's very easy to you know fluctuate up you know two two or three players or down two or three players from an, an expectation. Right. Also, you sort of wonder how many event. people were like, "Hey, crane's doing poorly. I'll just play a crane deck. You got free top of clan, and then uh, see Fox there and realize how bad a plan that is." Yes, yeah. yes, that that was partially my plan. I was like, eh, "How many crane am I going to see? Oh, Brian Fox is here." When oh, we had fantastic two crane in the top eight at Knoxville, right? Yeah, was yes. there him and then a uh, another uh, magistrate deck who it's apparently Kikita and the Dionysus on the crane boards, but I he, did he not was, catch his name. He was, he was playing a um, uh, Irie dueling switch deck. Yep. Yeah. So basically, what you were doing, Mike, but better, but better, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. right or yeah. He, he posted up a deck list, and I went and I looked at. It, I'm like, it's not that different, guy. Well, but th these are your choices. Either it can be he happened to put together a better deck, or he's, he's a just a player. much better player than yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, because luck couldn't possibly have anything to do with that. Well, no, I mean uh, part of he'd made some very smart choices. Well, I guess three four as compared to six one. Yeah, you you can't really chalk that up a no, lot. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> he made some very smart choices, and that he actually packed like sneak attack because no one's doing sneak attack, so he could actually sneak attack the honor decks, and yeah. he would actually take those provinces. There, there so are very like, few decks that pack sneak attack, and very few or at least of the, the decks that have been doing well that I've seen, that packs the attack, and even fewer that run like, like a trench position. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So, which is funny because I remember there was a lot of Sturm and Drong about entrenched position when it came out, and <laughs> right, especially and there against, the, against another honored uh, against another um, military deck, you just cycle it away. That's what you do. Border with keep XP. Yeah. Well, no, or, you or, run border keep out of that deck. Favor cycling. Favor cycle. Yeah, yeah. favor cycling. You because you want consistent dynasty. Yeah, you want consistent dynasty out of any honor deck. Oh God! Yes. Oh yeah, I guess it. Yeah, yeah, I guess you always have to run regular border keep with an honored deck. Yep. But uh, which is a shame because border keep XP or peak yep. XP is awesome. I get to look at up to twelve dynasty cards on my first turn, and, and I can later cash in some cards. Later cash in those meta cards that I included for a specific matchup that are not doing me any good here, like my sniping in the honor matchup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bottom of the deck. Yeah, but uh, see, I played. Gasp, Kensei. Although I guess Dragon, I could have played Courtiers instead of Kensei. That's because that's actually done well too. But I played Kensei. Uh, I went six one, and I think I, I was either fourth or fifth after. I've seen good decks out of three of the four Dragon Strongholds. Yes, but the decks out of Dragon's Breath Castle are still usually Courtiers. Kitsuki decks mostly. Yeah. Uh, I think you're just like okay. Well, I'll. Mostly it's, oh, I'll put Kazuhige and... Oh, and you're putting Ruya in whichever deck it is anyway. Right. So, I, I mean, I have seen... I think I've seen one Dragon's Breath Castle deck that made a cut and actually had... The, the Earth Shigenja. Uh, well, well, there were, well, there were some who had... It may have some Shigenja, but that was the only one I saw that actually had spells in it. Rather than just, like I said, Kazuhige for the... The open game to Taunt. honor uh, against another honor deck, uh, but no. So so Kensei. I mean, I don't think I really had anything in that Kensei deck that hasn't been seen in some other Kensei deck. Uh, I guess a full set of small farm. Yay! Uh, that makes sense to me. I so, uh, but I yeah. Unfortunately, I. I'm not really sure why, because I act. I mean, we went up there the day before, and I actually got seven hours of sleep. But I, I go through. I feel like I go through so much of my existence tired sometime. And the whole day on Saturday, I was. I mean, I started out much more tired than I felt like I should have, and over the course of the day, I lost four games, and three of them were involved me doing stupid things, which I'm not a big fan of. Like you are not. I almost kind of look back and I'm like, how can you make really, really bonehead moves like this in one game and then play the other games right such that you make the cut in the first place? I, I, how how hard is it? Uh, I mean, I don't want to drone on at length about the specifics. You can go on the Strange Assembly website where I go into the gory details of the various boneheaded uh, things that I, I do and what my specific matchups were. But yeah, I... My day ended in the the top four against Kevin. Although at least I I got I guess I got to have the fun of of Rhett, Rhett <laughs> Brave New World to to swing back for that two problems. That, 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 that yes. wrecked my face <laughs> in the uh, the one game one of the one my, of those three my, games my, that my, I won. My face was wrecked that game. That was one of the two games I lost. Well, the other one was against was Spider Ninja, Ashman, right? Yeah, yeah. I can yeah, I could I could see the Goju box not. Being, being friendly, friendly to, to me. Blitz at. Um, yeah. I don't know if I can beat the Goju box. 
I think I could have done better in that game I lost against Ashman, but I, don't, I still don't know if I could have beat him. He had just like six reds in his deck, and my low province strength and all of his people with murderous he perfect, intent. He had enough paragons to run perfect moments. It was, it was almost <laughs> completely paragons. Yeah. Yeah, he, the, had, he had about nine ninja in there. The ninja box is kind of worrisome. Uh, I mean, I, and I, like I've said, if they ever start printing actual, more actual good spider ninja personalities, that that I mean, there is going to be a completely broken. He dash was out running of that the holding for the ninja. There, yeah, there, there are there are options Wait. against it. Like you can run back to the front and uh, warm bone, and it'll move you back into the battlefield. But yeah, it's just got so much that it can do. I mean, it's not just defense. You the box works on offense too. Yeah, you can use it on your own guys to pull them back and not overcommit. It's, it's almost better but, than having like ten province strength. Yeah, it. I don't know. Ten profit strength is pretty nice. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's almost better it, than having ten profit yeah. strength. It, it's like having that, and it does something on offense. I mean, there are there are there are cutesy ways that the deck can get hosed, but I mean, I don't really think we're going to see too much. I attack. I send your guys home. I perplexing guests to take your province. <laughs> I just don't, you know. Uh, oh, I so want to do that. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, what? <laughs> I gotta look at that card again. Because <laughs> well, it just creates a one-fourth pud. Yeah. yeah. So if they've already used their box, if they if you they attack they did if you attack they didn't defend they send your guys home. Yeah, you, then can, you just you, create presence. You can do that without presence. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, uh, that's now you can. I I just want to. Yeah, well, it, now it, you it, can't. As in as of yeah. in Emperor Edition, because for the duration of Celestial Edition, yeah, you couldn't do There was like no that. exception to the rule of presence. So in Legacy, Shiro Kitsuki works again. <laughs> 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 you know, on that on that note, I I kind of want to amusingly first turn attack the ninja deck, perplexing guest height of courage. You could do that. Yeah, because they wouldn't have a ninja card out to let to not let me stop it. Yeah, that. But yes, yes. So like I said, there are <laughs> janky, cutesy things that could theoretically come up to hose the ninja deck. Yeah, I don't go to town. Uh, <laughs> I will. <laughs> I think he lost in the finals to honor, though. Yeah, he, he lost to uh, uh, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, uh, like I said, I mean, it's not like the deck is busted now, but the decks could that be. have it done the, the potential. best, yes. the decks that have done the best with that are not, they're not ninja, ninja. decks, they're not playing much in the way of ninja cards, like I said, yeah, they have maybe six or nine ninja in them. You're like, I've got Anchi, and I've got the guy who blows him, like puts himself on top of my deck to put your your guy on the bottom of his of and, your deck. And I've got the Calvary Ninja make, takes away your abilities. Well, that's Onchi. Oh. Uh, and then yeah, maybe there's one other ninja see, who's the dude. The dude who eats your attachment. Yes, yes, yep. yeah, eats your attachment, and mm. I get uh, a token. That's a tasty so, one, bro. <laughs> yeah, so you ended up playing your Library of Rebirth Blitz deck. That, Kevin, that deck list is on the Strange Assembly website. Yep. And if you follow the little nature, I mean, you guys go and look at our deck list pages in every. In, except for the one that's just all the Atlanta decks where I was manually typing things in, there should be a link for with the deck type, which will go to where the deck list was originally posted, which. Often that is going to include commentary by. I mean, it may or may not, but yeah, it mine, often at least, mine, mine does. Yeah, yours does. Will include commentary by whoever played the deck list, and then whatever the back and forth in that, in, you know, on the AEG forum or that clan forum is about what was going on with the uh, the deck. And that 
if if the person who piloted the deck chooses to do that, that can be a lot more informative than just having the deck list. So, uh, but I did, see, I did like the location of the Kote. Like when I hear like it's in a mall store, it's like they, oh god, they managed to have a good amount That's, of room. Oh yeah, that was but, a yeah. great store. Yeah, they had well, yeah, they had a, they had room for forty people in the store itself, but then they had the like across the hall, they had another store worth of space that was tournament space, but also just the store. Like you go, I mean, that I, I think that was the best mall game store I have ever seen. And this was Sci-Fi City. I guess they have a variety of locations, but one in Knoxville, like they actually had real board games. It wasn't just a bunch of video games and magic cards or, or anything <laughs> like that. They had a pretty good selection uh, of board games. They had a pretty good selection of everything. They had miniatures, they had board games, they had card games, they had some older stuff. Yeah, they had some from video posters, games. But yeah. we yeah, we got a disc if, if you had pre registered, you got a discount on stuff that you bought at the store that day, and they must have they, they there's no way they had this all at the store. It doesn't feel like I don't know if they pulled it in from their distributor, but they had all this old AEG stuff, and this was the I think these were around two thousand eight when AEG before AEG started doing Thunderstone and Nightfall. And they they pushed out all of these board games in a big yeah they had they had rush. a lot of like overstocked games out there uh, yeah yeah well so they had they had a little bundle packaged that was for ten dollars had pressure matrix and abandoned ship and monkey lab yeah and then they had Russian crush for ten dollars uh and so I think I ended up get and then and then we got I got so I got all those and I got the thirty percent off uh and then I did buy that card game. The dying lights that was a dollar. One dollar. Yeah, I was so tempted. And I, 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 well, I think the game is is there's basically a broken strategy in the game, ah. and so it's it, it ends up being awful. I mean, I, you may have to change the rules to make it work. Something, but I looked and I saw, and the art, the credited artist is Steve Argyle. Cool. And the credited designer is like Mark Argyle. <laughs> so I don't know if that's his hey, Steve's Steve. brother or Can I get you to draw illustrations for this game for me, please? <laughs> now the only one of those I've opened and played yet is Monkey Lab that I, I played with Katie and I imagine that plays substantially differently when you actually have four people. I don't know if we'll actually talk about those games or not once they get played. And that couldn't happen until three weeks anyway, yep. as we yep. discussed. So, did anything else happen exciting? So, right after the tournament, I had to, to bolt because, you know, Benjamin had been up all day, you know, nine, it was almost nine, and he was tired. We needed to get back. We did not stay in Knoxville on Saturday nights. Uh, anything exciting happened after I left? Not really. The drive back. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty much passed out. Yes, yes, you were. Thank you for driving again. Sure. <laughs> I drove all the way up, so I feel a little fair. Yeah, I, I, I went up to the Cote with Tyson, and I think Tyson got drunk after the Cote, and I had to drive back for the first, like, three hours of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like people were talking about going to Don Pablo's or something, because somebody yeah. was handing out coupons for, like, a free appetizer, mm-hmm. and, and then, of course, everyone wanted alcohol, which they do serve. Yep. Uh, it was good. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what I'm gonna do for for South Carolina. The I, I guess Katie's still up in the air whether or not she wants to just be like ah bah, go off <laughs> away or or 
change up and and do something different. We might drive up on Saturday morning and then stay on Saturday night instead. Well, it's it's only like a couple hours up, anyways. It's like three and a three and a half. It's yeah. It's at the far end of South Carolina. Yeah. When I when I put it up, pulled it up, it only came up as like two. The the usual South Carolina one is in Columbia, which is just a nice straight shot. But yeah. I, think, I mean, at Fort Mill, you have to. Well, when I, when maybe I, it's only two and a half for you because you know, what what people don't necessarily realize is that Atlanta is ridiculously large and and spread out. And I yeah, and the game store and a lot of the people who appear on the the podcast live up on like way northeast of Atlanta. So I have to drive about half to get up here. I have to drive about half an hour to cross Atlanta and then another 20 minutes plus past the edge of Atlanta because it goes so, the, the, the Metroplex goes so far northeast yeah. the city. So yeah, I mean, I guess you probably are 50 minutes or an hour closer. Yeah, to, yeah well, I mean, that's part of it. You still just kind of go up 85. Yeah, well, the whole, yeah, most right, it's just, up, mostly just up 85, right? Yeah, because uh, well, the, uh, the uh, other place in South Carolina just went out 20. Mm-hmm. So it was really easy because I used to be on the south side right near you. So, But now it's just you go up 85. It, it's pretty much that's all there is. I don't know. Well, we're not talking about the Knoxville <laughs> Cote anymore. So let's call this one uh, the end, and then we will go on to the um, authoritative. Look at Amber's <laughs> <laughs> uh. War. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can download more episodes of Strange Assembly on iTunes or from our website at www.strangeassembly.com. While you're at our website, you can check out the frequently updated main page or talk with us on the forums. You can also email me directly at chris at strangeassembly.com or you can follow Strange Assembly on Facebook or Twitter. Strange Assembly, either place. Thanks for listening.